practicing gratitude helps your brain release serotonin and dopamine and um, oxytocin, which are the feel good chemicals. It lowers cortisol, which is a stress chemical. It helps you sleep better. It helps you uh, be more emotionally intelligent, emotionally available, which of course relates right into, I mean, all of these things relate into relationships. This is episode number 506 with Lori Seitz, using gratitude and meditation to find love. Hi, everybody. I am Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support on your journey to lasting love, whether you're single, in a relationship, even married, I wrote a book, and it's called Becoming a Woman of you how to thrive in life and love. It is filled with 30 tips and stories and exercises all designed to help you step more fully into your value and really build your core confidence. You can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number seven, which is be the love you wish to find in the world. I remember hearing, you know, be the change you wish to find in the world. And it occurred to me as I started doing this work that we often are looking for love, but we don't project out what we actually are looking for. And so I see um, Lori is nodding over there. <laughs> we really need to, we need to be in integrity. And if we want something, then look at the places where you're not really radiating out what you're looking for and make one small change. That's my cha challenge to you this week is just make that little change. Like if you're looking for somebody who is honest, are you always being honest? Are you being as transparent as you can be? And before I bring Laurie on, just a quick shout out to my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. We are a heavily monitored group, which is rare to find in this space of relationships and dating where often relationship conversations go off the rails and we don't allow that it's a place where we reinforce kindness self-growth really looking at the piece that we can control which is our own responsibility in whatever we put out there so join us at your last first date. And now from my guest, Lori Seitz. She is the CEO of Zen Rabbit, and she's the host of the podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word, which I absolutely love. She left a 22-year marriage, which um, I beat you by one year, and that inspired her transformational um, F being fine program. We decided to keep this PG and through it, she guides corporate teams and private clients to a place of unprecedented clarity, peace, and productivity. Welcome, Lori. Thanks so much for having me, Sandy. I'm excited to be here. First of all, that word fine. Oh my God. Uh, it's a bad, it's a dirty word. And so many people use it. I, I was watching a show recently where there was a therapist. Oh, I know what it was. It was um, it was on Apple Apple TV. Um, the Shrink Next Door. Did you see that? I have not. So the therapist, who's really very shady, but he he's he's treating this patient, and the patient never says anything but fine. You know, how are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. 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 And he's did he calls attention to it because. 
he's not fine. He's, he's falling apart. And so we, you know, women do it, I think more than, than men, but I think people tend to do it. And so let's, let's start there. Why, why do people say fine when they're not fine? I think for a couple of reasons, one, they don't want to burden somebody else with their issues. So they just say, everything's fine. So they don't have to get into it or they want everybody to believe everything is fine so that they look like they have it all together because nobody wants to be ostracized or thought of as less than, or they are fooling themselves into believing that everything is fine and not even acknowledging that it's not. I guess the next question I have, and it's a question I had even before this question is, what what inspired you to to do this work? And then I'd love to know more about the name of your company. But yeah, tell us tell us why you do this work. That whole thing around being fine because everybody's walking around saying everything. It's fine. It's fine. There's really a dumpster fire going on inside, but there's like nothing to see here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we get stuck in this place where it's hard to move off of fine. It's mediocre. It's okay. You're not thriving there, but you're also not on fire. You know, you're not in a bad way. I mean, you could be on fire, like excited about something, but, but there's not really uh, something pushing you off of fine. And so you mentioned in my intro of being in a marriage for 22 years. And we were actually together for almost 30 and it was fine for a very long time. It's fine. It's hard to leave fine because what's on the other side. What if it's worse? It's okay here. I'm not, I'm not boiling to death in a pot of water, like a, you know, the, the frog um, analogy, but it's, it's fine. So that people get stuck there. And at the same time, you look at what you have and you say, okay, I've got this, for example, a a beautiful family, a person who loves me. I live in a, a beautiful home in a safe neighborhood. It's fine. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, but I'm not happy. And then that leads into, so there must be something wrong with me. And now you're into a whole beating yourself up for not being okay with fine. And so I got into this work to help people because I've been having all these conversations as my friends and I had approached midlife where we're not willing to settle for fine anymore, but what are we going to do about it? I, I can relate to your story so much. You know, my, my marriage was... I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't, there were, it was less than fine for a very long time. I wasn't happy, but I also would look outside and go, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. And why would I leave this for that? Like I would look at other marriages and think, I don't know any happy people. And I, and the single people that I knew were 
even worse. And so it was just like, why would I leave this for that? And I think that's a really limited way of thinking. And it's, I even see it in the dating world now when, when I coach women who are dating people who have like all the items on their must have list and, but they're not feeling it. And so we don't just look at a must have list. We look at like, how does your body feel around this person? Are you excited to see them again? Are you curious about anything about them? Do they inspire you in some way? And we don't realize, I think, that that's possible, that we have the ability to have more in our lives. And so let's talk about this whole midlife thing. Like, why why does this happen in midlife? My theory on why this happens in midlife is because, one, our parents are getting older and passing away. And so we're facing this mortality, like, okay, how many more years do I have? And what do I want to do with them? Because that's where my story kind of started. I had started um, my first business in 2003, ran that company for 11 years. And in 2014, I couldn't scale it quite the way I wanted to. So I decided to shut it down. And at that same time, I'd already made that decision. And then shortly after that, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. Mm. She was only 73. So this is one of the things that started me thinking, okay, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? The other thing is, and I don't have children, but a lot of my friends who have children, those, those kids are growing up and moving out of the house and they don't need them in the same way that they did when they were little. Uh, So those, those are a couple of things. And then people who are in corporate jobs or any kind of job, even doing their own thing in a job are looking at it as, okay, I've been doing this for a while. Is my soul being fulfilled or is there something else I want to pursue before I die? You know, we start looking at things like from, well, when I'm 80, will I regret? The worst thing we have is regret. Yeah. So those are really both very good reasons. I think something else happens to us in midlife often where we we realize that we can stop people pleasing. You know, I think that up until that point, we're still trying to fit in. We're trying to find our place. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I agree that once we reach a certain point, we are more comfortable. We have a tendency to be more comfortable in who we are because we've had time to figure it out and grow into that person. So when I was 22, I was... I had no idea who I was and there were things that I might have been afraid to explore or say, or talk about that. I am all into now or things that I was into then that I'm not into now. And it's a matter of, I think really growing into who you are. Yeah. And I think most people don't know what that is. So they need people like us to help them find that, right? Right, right. Yeah. So the theme of this show is really about gratitude and meditation and how that leads to having these wonderful relationships. So let's get into gratitude. And first of all, what what would a gratitude practice look like and how would it help us to build or sustain a good relationship? Gratitude is such an amazing emotion or feeling. So when you look at the energetic vibrations, because we are all energy and energetic beings, 
gratitude is the highest level of energy that you can be at up there with love, love and gratitude together. So when you're vibrating at a higher level, your energy is, it, you're exuding a, a higher level of energy. Uh, gratitude is, I mean, that's, that's where you want to be. Now, practicing gratitude changes your biochemistry in your brain. It releases, practicing gratitude helps your brain release serotonin and dopamine and um, oxytocin which are the feel good chemicals. It lowers cortisol, which is a stress chemical. It helps you sleep better. It helps you uh, be more emotionally intelligent, emotionally available, which of course relates right into, I mean, all of these things relate into relationships. Expressing gratitude not only benefits you, it benefits the person or the other people that you're expressing gratitude for. And then taking it a step even further, if you express gratitude to somebody and that person then shares that experience with a third party, that third party gets the feel good results as well. A nice little ripple effect. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize it had all of those hormonal changes, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because what you focus on grows, right? And exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I know, I remember actually making that shift to like walking, waking up with gratitude that I woke up, you know, it just mm -hmm. starts with that. Mm -hmm. And then coming into my kitchen and thinking, oh my God, I'm so lucky to live in this house and I have heat, I have food, I have coffee, the coffee gets made automatically. I said it the night before, and it's amazing. And yeah. so all of these things, just being aware. So for somebody who doesn't have a gratitude practice, what might that look like and how can they get started? Great question. So a lot of people talk about gratitude journals and you know, writing down what you're grateful for. And there's a lot to be said for that practice and transferring it, not just thinking about what you're grateful for, which is great, transferring it to a piece of paper kind of more cements it into your, your mind. Um, so practicing gratitude in that way. And I would take that practice even a step further. So writing down, uh, you just mentioned being grateful for your coffee machine that makes your coffee, then actually feeling, how can you anchor the feeling of gratitude, which as I mentioned, feels a lot like love, anchoring that feeling of gratitude into your, into yourself for that coffee or that warm bed you just got out of, or the house that you live in, bring it into, how can I feel it? And sometimes putting your hand on your heart as you're thinking about this helps you feel it. That's one like way. That. And, and you mentioned about gratitude, about attracting more of what you're, you know, when you feel gratitude, when you see things from a grateful place, you are now attracting more to you from in the opposite. It works the opposite way too. If you are focused on complaining and criticizing, you will see more things to complain and criticize about. So the more you can find gratitude, the more you will see things to be grateful for. And along that line, I have this great exercise that I love that is, but I'm grateful for. 
So Sandy, share an example, cause we're human. What have you complained about in the past mm, 24 hours? Uh, a client who's driving me crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, she's not now. a client. She's a, she was somebody who wants to be a client. She's not leaving me alone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Add on to that phrase, but I'm grateful for, or I'm grateful that. Yeah. I like that. So, but I'm grateful that I have a thriving practice and she wants to be a part of it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So this is the practice. And the more you get in the habit of switching a complaint or a criticism to find the gratitude within it, the better you become at it and the less you dwell on the complaint part. And there's a specific reason for saying the, but I'm grateful for, because you may have been taught not to use the word, but <laughs> in, and to use the word and instead. In this case, we're deliberately using it to negate the first part of the sentence. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So let's morph this into you want a partner. Let's, is this the same formula? Like you're complaining there are no good men, there are no men in my city, but I'm grateful mm -hmm. for it. Would you use that to try yes. and attract someone? For sure. Yeah, it could work that uh, I'm trying to think of, but I'm grateful for how, I mean, every person would have it, have it differently. Um, there are no good men in, in my city, but I'm grateful I live in this amazing, vibrant city and there's so much to do here. Or, but I'm grateful that I have all of these amazing women friends to hang out with. But I, there's a million different ways you could go with this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. Yeah, a great anchor. I like how simple it is and it's very practical and simple, easy to implement, which are the kind of tools that I like to teach because people are going to do them. They're not going to go, oh, that's going to take me two weeks and I don't know how to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's brilliant. The, but most of the time we are taught don't use, but because it negates what we just said. And here we actually want to negate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to what you said in your introduction about the, the tip for this, this week of becoming who you want to attract. So becoming more grateful gives you the opportunity to attract someone who is also grateful. And if you can feel gratitude for this partner before he or she has manifested into your physical world, it's going to magnetize that person to you and make it happen faster. That sounds kind of woo-woo magic. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit further, but there's actually science and research behind how that works. No, I totally believe in that stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm woo-woo woo to a degree. I'm more very science and practical based, but, you know, if something plays out and makes sense scientifically, I like it. I think that, you know, what happens, and I'm, I'm thinking about dates where two people start complaining together and it just becomes, I remember when I first started dating after my divorce, it's like, what's wrong with dating? And it's so hard to date. And then it just becomes this draining conversation about what's wrong instead of what's right. How can we connect on the positive things and what are we looking forward to and what are we grateful for? Mm -hmm. So that can definitely play out on a date. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's up to 
to you, to you as the listener who's listening to this podcast, to raise that vibration, to raise that level, to not participate in the complaining conversation and to turn it around and say, you know, maybe not be super obvious about, hey, let's stop complaining and focus on gratitude, <laughs> but to, to, to turn the conversation and ask different questions or, or talk about a different topic and turn it. And it could even use that, but I'm grateful for thing and just work it into the conversation. You don't have to say what you're doing, but turn it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big redirect person. I think that people often just get nervous or they don't know what to say. And so they just go down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. which brings me back to why is your company called Zen Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the name is more appropriate now than ever, but when I started that baking company, I referred to, or the first company, I don't even know if I mentioned it was a baking company. I was making and selling a product called the gratitude cookie, which was based on a family recipe and these thin butter sugar cookies. And the, the idea was that, uh, that I was, when I was making them for friends and family, before and even after I started selling them, people would taste them and they would say, oh my gosh, this is, this tastes like something my grandma would have made or that I remember baking in the kitchen with my grandma. And it would bring them back to this Zen blissful place of baking in the kitchen with, with her. And then the rabbit, I would, as the story went, I would tell that the rabbit had, uh, so I was marketing them as a product for businesses to say thank you to their clients and referral sources. And so rabbits in uh, folklore have, are traditionally uh, a sign of prosperity. And so putting those two things together, but the real reason, the real story was that when I was a baby, I had a stuffed rabbit and I would rub her ears as a source of comfort. And she would put me in a Zen meditative state. There's a picture, not on my (laughs) website. I don't think it's on my website, but I have a picture of this and so calling the company Zen Rabbit was in, in part a marketing idea because no one ever forgets the name Zen Rabbit. They don't remember my name, but I actually just showed up in memories today on Facebook that several years ago, I was at a museum in downtown DC and I hear somebody from behind me yell, hey, Zen Rabbit. <laughs> it was somebody I had met at a conference a year and a half previous. And he didn't remember my name, but he remembered. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> That's so, brilliant. I like yeah. that. And now that I'm talking and teaching about gratitude and meditation, Zen rabbit makes even more sense. Uh, totally. I, it's funny. Two things came up as you're talking. One is I am, I enter a speech contest for Toastmasters pretty regularly because it, it helps me to grow as a speaker And my speech this year for the contest is about somebody who lost his job. This was many years ago. This was one of my first coaching clients when I coached a a much broader range of people, mostly people in midlife who who were looking for their next steps. And he was, he was downsized, his company downsized, his wife was kept on, he was, he was let go. And he was devastated. He was in his fifties. He had no idea what, how do I move on from here? 
And through the work we did together, he realized he wanted to open a bakery his whole life. And he had just forgotten about that dream. And so part of the speech is, is him coming to his grandmother and baking with her every year, which I made up. It's not true, but, but it's okay. like, but most people have that memory of some childhood, you know, baking with grandma or mom or somebody in the kitchen. And it's such a, you know, it really plays on your taste buds and, and mm -hmm. brings all of that into your body. And um, so the whole thing was about finding the silver lining and it turned out his last name was silver and he called the bakery, the silver lining bakery, which he would never have opened had he not lost his job. So it was just yes. such a great story. And I had to, I had to tell it. Yes. Um, and that is such a great illustration of how you can't make judgment before everything has set before the dust has settled. Yeah. And you don't know what's next for you. So like when you leave a marriage and you don't know, this feels like the end, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's not the end, it's the beginning of something else. And so we, we, you know, it's really just changing how we see things that happen in our lives and knowing that there's always some adventure around the corner. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. So let's let's get into meditation, which was the other part of this, this uh, segment here. And um, you also say that it's this combination of gratitude and meditation that really helps us have that amazing re relationship. So let's talk about that. What, what role does meditation play? Meditation is so important as a tool to tap into your inner knowing, your inner voice, whatever you want to call it, your higher power. It's that inner truth that only you know. And we live in a society that has constant chatter and noise going on all around us, whether it's traditional media, social media, friends, family, religion, every, you cannot shut it off. I mean, you can shut it off, but you have to consciously shut it off and go out in nature or put on headphones and, and healing frequency music or sit silently, which is a whole other thing. Of, there's so many uh, misconceptions around what meditation is because a lot of people believe that it's you know sitting silently, cross-legged on a mat for hours at a time, emptying your mind of all of the thoughts in it which is virtually impossible. And then people beat themselves up for being bad at meditation. But uh, <laughs> the whole point is going within to hear your own inner voice. And especially when we're talking about relationships, what is it that you want? Not what your mom wants for you or what your friend thinks you should have. What is it that you want? Get clear 
and meditation helps you get clarity. And when you have clarity around your values, for one thing, and what it is you want in another person, what is it you want for yourself? Again, going back to your intro, what is it? What is it that clarity can only come from getting quiet enough to hear that inner voice? And that's what meditation does for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and people do struggle. I'm, I'm one of those people who I never liked the idea of sitting and trying to quiet my thoughts. Cause my quiet, my, my thoughts would get even louder. Yeah. But um, one thing that's helped, uh, there are a couple of things. So some mindfulness tools um, of just, you know, putting your feet on the floor and feeling your feet, closing your eyes, breathing, even using vision and and looking at things far and near, listening to sounds far and near, like any, there's so many, many, many ways that we can get quiet. And um, something that I've been using recently is the, from the artist way, which is morning pages. Are you a morning pages person? I'm not, but I have read the book and I have done them in the past. Okay. So I started, I, I have clients who love it. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try it again. It doesn't work for me, but you know, it's, it's sort of, I, I access my inner thoughts and my inner knowing kind of naturally. Um, but some of these ways of just grounding and getting quiet are helpful. And, you know, we talked before this episode that I'm an artist also. And so when I used to paint, that was completely in the zone. I'd be, it could be hours and time would fly and I would just be in that place. So however you need to find it. Um, so this is, so we're talking about like how we can get into our own inner knowing and how does that play out in a relationship? Yeah. Well, again, if you are in touch with who you are, then you present yourself in an authentic, true way. And coming back to you attract what you are, then you will attract somebody who also presents in that way. The other way it, it works is when you're, so not all meditation is visualization, but visualization is a form of meditation. And so when you are visualizing, again, visualizing and feeling gratitude for this relationship that you want to attract into your life, you're getting clarity on it. You're putting it out to the universe, your higher power, God, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're experiencing it as if it's already happening. And so you're, you're living it in advance. You know, Walt Disney was, Walt Disney said, imagination is the preview is the preview of life's coming attractions or something like that. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. And I mentioned earlier that there's science and research behind this. And the way that it works is because you are essentially setting a GPS for your mind. And so when you are not actively visualizing it, you're going about your life, your brain is still out there looking for opportunities, coincidences, synchronicities, to make this thing happen, to make it real. And that's what's calling it in. That's why it's magnetizing. Yeah, I definitely have experienced that. 
both in relationships and at work, you know, it's whatever, whatever you're focusing on, you're going to see, you're going to pick up on those signs. And I find that, you know, I I have another podcast called the woman of value podcast, and I interview women who are, who've made these kinds of transformations and are creating positive change in the world. And they've all followed these kind of breadcrumbs that Mm -hmm. are there for all of us, but not all of us pay attention. Right. 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 And intuition and meditation is a great tool for helping you heighten your intuition Mm -hmm. and really tap into it so that you can follow the breadcrumbs so that you can know if you're sitting in the presence of somebody and something just doesn't feel right, that you can pick up on that and give an give it validity and not spend weeks or months or years in a relationship with somebody that isn't the right fit. Yeah. I was just listening to Martha Beck this morning, talk about the difference between looking for consensus, which is what most of us do. We poll our friends. How should I, what should I do? What could I, how should I react? How should I respond? as opposed to coming to your senses. So it's from consensus to coming to your senses. And it's, it's really so brilliant because what most people do, and this is one of the reasons why when I run my Facebook group, I encourage women to think for themselves. You know, when you're part of a group, you are looking for group validation that what you're doing is right, but we discourage and we remove posts that say run he's terrible. What a jerk. You know, those are Mm -hmm. not helpful things. What's helpful is understand why am I having this reaction? What is going on for me? And if I had the last 10 posts that have the exact same thing with the last five people that I dated, Mm -hmm. then you're the common denominator here. Right. And it's something's got to shift and you can keep looking to support your thoughts and your ideas about what's wrong with everybody that you're dating, or you can get clear, like, okay, some change has to happen here. Yeah. You just made a comment too, about respond versus react. Hmm. And when you are regularly meditating, it gives you the ability to improve your ability to respond instead of react, which also strengthens relationships because you are less likely to be drawn into conflict and to fly off the handle and to yeah take say something that you don't want to that you'll regret later yeah there's that regret word again (laughs) but yes it's it is that's another passion of mine is communication skills it we when we learn to self-regulate and work through what is going on for us we're going to have better conversations. We're going to be less reactive and have more intimacy, which is what most people are looking for, right? At least that's what they say they're looking for. That's what they say, right? (laughs) (laughs) But don't get too close. Right. (laughs) So um, as as we come to a close, I would love to hear your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date. Meditation is not only for projecting what you would like to bring into your, into your life in the future, meditating for even five minutes is going to help you be more present right now. Like feel instantly calm, 
more calm, more peace of mind, more groundedness right now. So anytime you can practice that and, and actually focus on your breathing, it's going to calm all the systems in your body, your nervous system, your breath, your circulatory system, all of that. So there are just so many uses for that. That's the immediate, the most immediate, because some of these things might not come to pass for a couple of weeks or months or however long, but most immediately you're going to feel a change right away. So you recommend that people do this on a daily basis and start to feel the changes so they can be more present. And when you're more present, obviously you do better on dates. You're not projecting into the future or worried about the past, which is where people get tripped up so much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Um, thank you. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, let our audience know the best place to find you. And I'll put all of your social media links in the show notes as well. Yeah. The best place to find me is one. My website is zenrabbit.com. Easy. <laughs> and I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. That's really my preferred platform these days. So find me on LinkedIn. I am on also on Instagram. Yes. And Facebook. Yeah. And Zen Rabbit, easy to remember. <laughs> well, thank you, Laurie, for coming on our show today and really reminding people of the power of what's inside. It's not your wisdom. It doesn't lie outside you as much as it lies within. And that's one of my big takeaways from today's conversation. Perfectly said. Thanks so much for having me, Sandy. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please, please, please rate and review us, share it with a friend. It always helps. Um, Apple podcast is the best place to rate and review to keep getting more amazing guests. And, uh, and here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.